Welcome to the Skeptic Choir. Is that a thumbs high saying that we're rolling? Should I do the five, four, three? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a skeptic wire. Maybe. I'm post. Mrs. Pumblehorse. I can't do this! Teleprompter! <laughs> Mrs. Pumblehorse, I'd like to get down now. Hello! Hello! It is the... 15th of August, uh, 2012, it's episode 71 of the Skeptic Wire. Apparently we've already gone senile. I am yeah. Gary Lawn, uh, uh, not hosting this week, although uh, acoustically, audibly I'm hosting, but really, we're over at co-host Greg Perrine's place, which isn't too far away from other co-hosts. Oh, God. <laughs> Donald Swafford. <laughs> what was that about you think you finally got some sleep after no, no, finishing I got your... some sleep. I just haven't had enough. <laughs> so, welcome. Actually, I guess Greg should say welcome this time. No, no. Go ahead. On Greg's behalf, I say welcome. <laughs> On Greg's behalf, I say welcome. Welcome to my humble abode. You're like a stewardess welcoming to the the city you just arrived at with me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You've got uh, we've got exits uh, behind you yeah. and then to your yeah. left. And, and if you... some exits may be behind you. Yes. Some and exits may be in your behind. That would be appropriate. Yes. Or at the behind. Okay. Moving on. Awkward silence. <laughs> Uh, how's everybody doing? Doing okay. Doing well. Donna, you were gone last week. Explain yourself. (laughs) I was in Vegas for business, not for pleasure. Although, I did ride a couple of roller coasters. And, yeah, you were posting, oh, we're going out. Like, every time you post, we're going out. Going out. Um, You know, going out to work, going out to this. Now, did did you do any gambling while you were there? Because I know know that's... I played uh, two tournaments. Oh. So... Now, is that the work part, or were you actually filming? No, I was actually filming. Okay. Um, I actually got to ride one of the roller coasters with about 70 pounds of camera equipment in the front row, and that was Oh, wow. Was that the one up on the top of the... No, that was the one at New York, New York. So I got to ride, you know, do a loop with all of this... Oh, fucking awesome. That would be cool. Um, Because while we were there also, I, I had an experience... Uh, the... Did you find Jesus? No, but because there's lots of them walking around the strip. <laughs> did yeah. you did you hook up at somebody with somebody at Vegas? Because that never happens. No, did not hook up with anybody. Did not find Jesus. Although somebody wanted to test my theta levels. Theta levels. So you went to a Mormon temple, or am I thinking of the wrong cult? Scientology. Okay. I had similar random person on the Las Vegas crew walk up to me and invite me. To go see the Scientology Center. While while you had all of your equipment with you? Yeah. Of I course. was just like I was just like uh, I, I had not said, you know, hey I you know, hey look everybody I'm an atheist da, 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 or anything. Why no, would just you? randomly <laughs> just comes up and like never met this guy and he's all like, 
I want to invite you to the Scientology Center. It's a free tour. And I'm all like, no, thank you. And they're like, we think that you could learn a lot. And I'm all like, I said no, thank you. And you might fulfill my quota. Exactly. And you might meet Tom Cruise. I don't know if Tom Cruise was into Scientology before he started, but I imagine the person who got Tom Cruise into Scientology is probably well-placed now. Yeah. So maybe yeah. another up-and-comer, such as yourself, could push this person into the top tier where he gets to learn about the, uh, the, uh, the B, B2 bombers. and. Yeah, I know. It's just... <laughs> so oh. so how would your theta levels come out? I, I didn't go. I didn't get them oh. tested. I decided just being asked the question was odd enough. No and literature. the guy kind of smelled funny, so yeah. Hmm. I think his thetas were a little off. <laughs> Perhaps his diet. I don't know. It was just, or maybe like they told said, him not to come back until he brought someone in. So like I said, it was just really <laughs> weird, and this is what I have to say. And Southwest Airlines can kiss my big white ass because... <laughs> Did you have a Kevin Smith moment? I didn't have a Kevin Smith moment, but okay. So leaving San Antonio, two gate changes and three delays. Okay, it's not their fault. Coming home, two different flights, end up delayed. I don't want like going and coming. It was all just delayed. I was like, I just want to fucking get home. That's all I wanted. People just wanted to get to Vegas and then just come home. But no, Southwest Airlines was all like. <laughs> We know what you're thinking. So Southwest Airlines fucked you coming and going. Yes. Hmm. I'm not happy with them. Well. They have received a stiffly worded missive already. Excellent. That's really all you can do. Yep. It made me feel better. <laughs> as long as you didn't cuss in them. You no, I, I use lots of really big words. Oh, dear. All right. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you had a good trip and yeah. productive and work. And it was very, very productive. Safe. Had a lot of fun. Didn't sleep much, but, you know, kind of like you, Gary. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Exactly. Well, actually, in your case, you were probably relaxing when you weren't sleeping because you were down. Why don't you tell the listeners why you didn't get a lot of sleep? I was just finishing up my final project. Good. Which, which you finished. Which I finished. And, and presented. Sure. And yep. Got my presentation done. Got my presentation Jones on, and we'll see what happens. I think I got an A. Woohoo! And as long as the other people who... Uh, who are left who, to present? Who, yeah, and some of the people who presented, if they get an A as well, I should be very disappointed. It shall diminish my A. It shall diminish my A, much like gay marriage will diminish regular marriages. Oh, Gary, you're, you're channeling your family. Come back to us, Gary. Come back. Come back. Come back to the dark side. Come back. Kill them all! Kill them! Kill! Oh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I was slightly possessed. I, just slightly. <laughs> and I'm going to turn your mic down just a hair. Okay. <laughs> like to off. Um, what else we got going on? Birthdays. That'll bring us to birthdays. Yes, People are being born all the time. But you want to talk about someone specific. Yes. Now, I could go on and on about Julia Child and all her cooking stuff, but that's not... And the fact she was spy. I didn't know that. Yeah. And the fact that she was a Google... Google Doodle? Google Doodle. Thank you. Said that ten times fast. All right. Um, but um, not exactly particularly a skeptically themed birthday, and sometimes 
I kind of do, I fail a little bit at getting a birthday that's particularly skeptically, skeptically themed, but this week we got a good one. Excellent. So, born the 15th of August, 1865, was... Machio Pikachu. Oh. <laughs> Ralph Machio? No, I was thinking of uh, Machio Kiko. It's kind of like the same. You know what? Why don't we just tell him the damn name? I'll shut up. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> oh, no, you won't. I will. I'm zipping it. <laughs> it doesn't help when you make that little face. <laughs> but it's such a cute face. <laughs> It's my I'm being innocent face. Can't you tell? But what's with the little head wiggle, kind of? That's um, the hey, baby, baby. <laughs> that's my uh, channeling George Clooney. <laughs> okay. You know, he's, sure. got, he's got the little head waggle. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Especially in Batman. You know, remember in Batman, yeah. it's like every time he thought he was being clever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's his version of tonguing the joke. <laughs> Hold on. I didn't think this was a sex-based no, podcast. No, no, no. Uh, well, this podcast usually is sex-based, but no, the the tonguing the joke where like a vaudeville person would kind of stick his tongue out and kind of oh, yeah. make a face to say I'm making a joke. Ba-dum-ps. Get right. it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. A face-based rim shot, which sounds a lot worse than it really is, especially after so soon on the tale of tonguing the joke. Yes. <laughs> So, but speaking of tugging the asshole, Greg, who's our birthday week? Well, okay, this would be someone who has been a source of assholes in our lives. Uh, <laughs> Usui Mikau, and that's the best pronunciation I can try You're to do. You're suing your cow. Usui Mikau. And you can't, you can't speak it in English. That's the person's name. Oh. And he's Japanese. And so I called my friend Rose to help me with some Japanese pronunciation, not knowing that Donna is fairly fluent in Japanese, so I suck. Mm-hmm. How um, would you say it, Donna? Usui Makao. There you go. Right. So <laughs> do you guys know who that person was? I, oh, well, okay, he's Japanese. Yes. And he, he sounds, he's... your description makes him sound like he's wooey. Yes. Um, is he the leader of the cult that set off the, the little bombs? No. No. Okay. He's the inventor of ricin? He's... What What with Anne Rice? Ricin. <laughs> ricin. The ricin oh, gas. The ri- no, 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 no. Uh, okay, 1865. Oh, 1865. Um, samurai. Close. He was descended from samurais and was trained samurai-ish. Ninja? He came up with all the ninjas? <laughs> no. But you're getting kind of warmer. Kind of warmer? How is kind of warmer? I'm moving my hand slowly. He came up with the r- phrase hand waving. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're getting worse. Okay, Usi Mikau. Finger painting? Is the. Interpretive spir- dance. Spiritual <laughs> practitioner. Haikus! He came up with haikus! Non skeptical haikus! <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> he, interpretive dance. He started Reiki! Hey! <laughs> Raking? No, damn it, Gary. <laughs> That's what they do in the subways, the little breakout dances? Oh, yeah. Okay. So he, he actually came up with yes. Reiki. He, um, he was kind of trained as a traditional kind of Buddhist slash, um, what's the other? Fraud? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> uh, and he came up with, yeah, yeah we're going to piss off my Buddhist friends <laughs> with this traditional Buddhist slash fraud. That kind of came out wrong. No, no, we're going to keep that in just okay. to piss off our Buddhist listener. Yeah, all one of them. Because we know that they're not going to march on us. Yeah. 
It's kind of like making fun of the Amish over technology. Except, wait a minute. Oh, crap. That Buddhist listener has guns. Okay. Anyway. um, (laughs) Isn't that kind of contrary to Buddhism? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Never mind. It's Texas. Yeah. No, it's not Texas even. That's the scary part. Usui Mikau um, started the Usui Reiki Roholo Gakai. That's the best I can do. Um, which was essentially... Uh, what's the, the English translation? Usui's Spiritual Energy Therapy Society. <laughs> it's so 1800s. Yeah, so it, <laughs> it, it started out this kind of like this this secret kind of masters with levels and stuff like that, and they kept all their things very secret. They didn't want anybody, any outsiders knowing what their, their techniques were. Like Scientology. Yeah, and it was a lot of the kind of... The laying on of hands, and but it was more like a, a spiritual thing in that you were healing yourself. It, so you were touching yourself. Yeah, it, it was it was weird. I, I didn't quite get the origins, but eventually, in order to make things palatable to Western groups, they kind of changed their stories a little bit as other people started trying to spread Reiki to other countries. So they adapted it, maybe it made it a lot more standardized of where you were supposed to place your hands to do certain things. They focused a lot more on the key stuff and the energy. The ley lines. All the, yeah, all that fun stuff. But um, he started Reiki, and um, so thank you, Usui Mikao, for bringing crap to us. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Speaking of crap. I was going to say, let's move on to happier subjects. We have happier subjects? We do have happier subjects, but speaking of uh, crap, crap science, for example, one of our friends in common, not a friend of the podcast, but uh, Donna and I's friend uh, in the wooey film world. <laughs> yeah. She posted something. Yeah, she posted something, and she's actually a fairly intelligent person, but she posted a an article. Status a small, update? As, yes. Shared an article or a link. She shared an article by a Dr. Tenpenny. Dr. Tenpenny? Dr. That... Tenpenny. Not has nothing to do with James Bond. Yeah, I thought that was the person who replaced Miss Moneypenny. No. I was going to say, she's about as, this doctor's about as smart as a dime. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> so, that's, that's, Tenpenny is how much she spent on her, her doctorate degree? Well, yeah. she, she, well, she has a degree in osteopathy. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what and, is and so, she is, what is so horrible about well, Tenpenny? Well, uh, Dr. Tenpenny received uh, an article written up in an unknown, unlinked to, an unidentified scientific journal that was showing how bad vaccines are for people, and specifically how the aluminum... Oh. Or, if you're British, aluminium, mm-hmm. and assorted other crap in the vaccines. Which is not actually crap, but no. go ahead. Well, the, the, all the all stuff... All substances all, in the All vaccines. the same stuff, all the stuff that the people who hate vaccines say are in vaccines, such as aluminum, I don't think she mentioned mercury, uh, human DNA... So uh, and anyway, the, how the, the she's rendered... potentials and... Uh, yeah, I just so, so lost. She, yeah, so she started talking about 
how all that stuff starts to destroy your blood cells and changes the electrochemical potential of your blood. The zeta potential is what they're calling it. And zeta potential actually is a real thing. It has, you know, it's a transmissivity of uh, electricity through through your body and, and blood and through fluids and stuff. So obviously if your blood can transmit electricity, uh-huh. Um, you have a zeta potential and how it destroys it. And then basically what I got is if you, if you take enough vaccines is that you'll turn into that dude from, uh, the first X-Men who got yeah, turned into the, a mutant and goes, uh, yeah, the Senator, the Senator. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that's basically what, how it was described. So despite the fact that nobody in the past hundred years has liquefied. No, because yeah, well, that's because we're not giving it, we're not giving large enough doses, but certainly in the areas that you get it, all that that's happening. Absolutely. I believe it. I, I trust a, a doctor of osteopathy to understand internal medicine and all the ins and outs of the various chemical uh, enterprises within the body. For- this was my favorite line in that was where she talks about, you know, studying the effects of aluminum on blood zeta potential ran into blood and biochemistry that was over my head and it became a dead end. And today's article clearly describes that I was on the right check. I just couldn't put all the parts together. She's a fucking doctor. Yeah. So she gave up because it was hard. Yes. So you may be asking, what is osteopathy? osteopathy? Gary, what is osteopathy? Well. Is it osteopathetic? It's a system. (laughs) Osteopathetic? (laughs) It's a system of alternative medical practice. First proposed by A.T. Still, M.D., in 1874. It's weird how the late 1800s was this... Panacea of because homeopathy comes from that there, Reiki, uh, Reiki and osteopathy, osteopathy, whatever. Um, So the principles of osteopathic medicine, and it sounds so impressive, so sciencey, yes. Emphasize the interrelationship between structure and function of the body, and recognize the body's ability to heal itself. Heal itself. It is the role of the osteopath to facilitate that pro- that process, principally by the skilled practice of manual and manipulative therapy. That sounds like a happy ending to me. It's yeah, groping your way to better health. Yep. Yeah. So, so is Reiki massage. <laughs> so they think that they can cure, I don't know, pancreatic cancer by rubbing. Yeah, it's, it's basically... a. It's kind of like it's like it says manipulation. I, I assume that chiropractic would chiropractic whatever would fall under yeah. that. As they well. don't deserve enough respect for us to pronounce yeah. their chiropractic. They, yeah. You know, like, chiro chiropractomancy. Chiropathetic. <laughs> I think we do have have our new new uh, phrase new for the for the month. <laughs> Osteopathetic. Chiropathetic. Reiki pathetic. No, that doesn't work quite <laughs> right. It has to have a have a, has to have a pathy in it. Okay, so Gary pathetic. Gary pathetic. <laughs> Gary's not pathetic. Patheticogens. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Alright, so that is what osteopathy is, and that's what this person promotes. That's her big thing. So someone who may have trained as an osteopath may not have, I don't know, taken chemistry or biology. Maybe. To, maybe but why would they have to? Like they a, wouldn't need to. Ha- they wouldn't have to know how that works. Maybe a bio one one high school level biology should tell you that that's not the case. Should tell you that vaccines work. Yeah. 
and why they work and how they work, and that should be something we include in our education, and I have no idea if it is. Yep. Well, yep. the important yep. thing is when we find come across idiots like... Idiot is too too strong a word, idiot? Like whom? Dr. Tenpenny. Oh, um, frauds. I would say total whack jobs. That kind of covers it for me. Yeah. Uninformed quacks. Yeah. Like Dr. Tenpenny. Will, willfully, willfully ignorant. Yes. I wouldn't even call her doctor. <laughs> Harpo? Okay, apparently your dog would. I, I, I think Harpo is discussing her opinion about yeah. it. Good. What? Yeah. Everybody I know is here, Harpo. What the hell? <laughs> Speaking about osteopathetic. <laughs> <laughs> so when you come across uninformed, willfully uninformed people like Dr. Tenpenny, you should rate them badly on Web of Trust. Yes. We've suggested this a couple the last few weeks, uh, things like Natural News and other anti-vaccine sites. But so if you go to uh, drtenpenny.com, D-R-T-E-N-Penny.com. P-E-N-N-Y, not I-E. You can, if you have the Web of Trust uh, plugin installed to your browser, just click on the little icon to rate them. Rate them bad for things like misinformation and child safety. You could also go to one of the other sites that Dr. Tenpenny contributes to, which is vaccineresearchlibrary.com, yep. which is another horrible site. So those are some pretty bad sites. You can go out there, your Web of Trust tool, and vote them down. And at the same time, in kind of a good, the bad, and the ugly kind of effort, so those two sites are good, are, are bad and ugly, you can go to a good site like vaccinenewsdaily.com, which actually has good scientific information on the vaccines, and vote them up. But speaking about that, we're calling Dr. Tenpenny willfully ignorant. But yeah. uh, that's because she went to a college and she got an education. Now, I have a weird idea about education in that when I go to class or go, go to college, it's not training. Right. right. Training is is very focused and tells you exactly what you need to know to, to get the job. Whereas education shows you and, and wants and has you think. And so... It Dr. wants you to be able to extrapolate to the next level. Yeah, not just learn by rote. Yeah, and so to get an education, you need more than you can't. Like I'm an electrical engineer, but my education did, was not just electrical engineering. It was uh, I did mechanical engineering. I took German, you know, and I also have the music and all that stuff. Right, so that's a pretty damn good education, more, I think. More of a Renaissance man kind of idea yeah, as opposed to just being a tradesman and understanding exactly, one thing. Exactly. So it's not training. It was education. So so she went into osteopathy mainly because she thought it worked, right? Perhaps she didn't know any better, and so she didn't really, you know. So there's a lot of people out there, friends of friends, they trust what they hear, and so that's what they believe because they have a trusted voice in in their lives that told them that homeopathy works right. or and, that and, Reiki works. And we humans, we latch onto anecdotes like that because yeah. that's how we evolved to trust our, our tribe mates to tell us exactly. the truth. Exactly. Right. And this is why it, there's, a, there's a large association in my mind between uh, belief in woo – and it's almost the exact same thing with with religious dogma. So I know you came up with you found a study that showed that the religious people 
uh, tend to, well, one, we know there was a couple of studies that showed that the religious people tend to want to do the, uh, extend their life treatment. Um, whereas non-believers and stuff are like, I'm going to die. Okay. You know, uh, don't, don't, don't keep me alive, uh, through thick and thin, you know, just to keep the body going if the mind's gone. Whereas a lot of religious people want to go that extra mile, almost to the harm, well, actually to the harm of the people they're trying to save. Yeah. Especially if it's not themselves, especially if it's a child. Yes, exactly. So there was this study um, published a day or two ago in the Journal of Medical Ethics, where um, some doctors from the Great Ormond Street Hospital, which has a great... Uh, acronym gosh gosh <laughs> they um they tracked over a three year period all the cases where parents had to make end of life decisions about their children, so maybe there was some horrible accident or some wasting disease or something where basically any end of life any end of life decision so where it could have been purely natural or it could have been caused by an accident correct okay. but it was one a situation where the parent had to decide whether or not to keep the kid on life support for okay. all intents and purposes. So over those three years, there were just over 200 cases where the parents had to make these decisions. Out of the 203 cases right. where there were these end-of-life decisions, only 17 did the parents and the doctors disagree. With the doctors said, there's nothing more we can do. And in fact, all the stuff we are doing, the constant injections, the ventilators, the... Um, the blood transfusions, all the stuff that they have to do is actually kind of cruel and unusual kind of treatment in that we're keeping them alive where they're probably in pain or something like that. Um, and so there were about 17 cases where there was this disagreement. Two-thirds of the time, 11 out of the 17, the parents expressed that they were refusing to take the kid off of life support because explicitly because of religious beliefs. And also went on to say things like they were expecting divine intervention and an actual full-on cure. Yeah. So uh, so you had 11 parents <laughs> just saying, no, no, we're going to keep the, the child on life support because God is going to give us a miracle. For all intents and purposes, that's what they said and that's what the doctor went as far to do is to write down in his or her notes. As well they should. Although, the funny thing is, if they're expecting a miracle, why keep them on life support? Right. Yeah, that was yeah. one of the things some of the doctors said, saying, well, it doesn't take the kid being on life support to create a miracle. If God is going to do a miracle, then it doesn't matter whether or not it's on life support or not. Yeah. If you're, if you're down that far of the rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. So, just to finish up with the numbers. Cognitive, cognitive dissonance. Yes. Of the, the parents who did not give a religious reason, maybe they were thinking religiously, but they didn't give a religious reason. Eventually, all six, the parents did take the kid off of life support, and five of them died, and one survived with severe brain damage. Hmm. So not good outcomes in any of those. Nope. Of the 11 refusers because of religious reasons, eventually five of them resolved it when the parents went and met with religious leaders outside of the hospital and essentially the, the children were taking off life support. In one case, they the doctors had, had to actually bring suit and um, take legal action before the high court in that Britain. That must have been a hell of a one. Yeah, which was you know eventually resolved in favor of the doctor's opinion that this was too much, that it there was nothing more that could be done. 
take it off the life support, let them let them just die gracefully. And then the last five, the parents still, no matter what, said, no, no, you got to keep the kid on life support no matter what. Of those last five that were just completely refusing, would not hear anything, it's going to be a miracle, four of the kids died, and one of the kids eventually came off life support with profound neurological disability. So in none of these cases was there ever a miracle. I granted it's only 203 cases over three years, but in all these cases, the doctor knew better, knew the facts about what the medical case was. They knew what could and could not be done. Gee, like that's a big surprise. He's the fucking doctor. Yeah. He should know. <laughs> he or she kind of has doctor, the though, training right? <laughs> to say, yeah. Okay, yeah. there really is nothing more we can do. So in the end, all these kids essentially died or whatever, and you had and the the doctors knew what they were talking about. They had the information, they had the the years of experience and training to say, what does the medical literature tell us about these cases? Have any of these kids survived in this condition? And you've got the parents who are not trusting in that experience, in that scientific knowledge, and choosing to base their treatment of their kid on hopes and wishes now of course that's to be expected any parent wants their kid to live longer but it goes back to what you were saying a few minutes ago gary that they're trusting in the old stories of that there are these miracles that can happen as opposed to the actual raw science data of trust the person who has training right well it's the oprah effect Somebody gets on Oprah and says, oh, look, my kid was struck by lightning and, you know, they're now suddenly this award-winning cellist, even though the <laughs> kid could barely pick his nose before that. Yeah. That's what they're hoping for. Because if you look at it, even and to me personally, the two kids who survived have a fate worse than death. Yeah, there they're have to be constant support, even if it's not life support. The, the parent is going to have to take care of them the rest of their natural lives. Mm-hmm. Or if not the parent, someone. Yeah. Where we've got... The state. So like Donna was saying, you've got this Jehovah's Witness who was being interviewed for like the New York Times version of the article, something J.R. Brown in New York, that they were quoted as saying, how many times have we heard stories where physicians say the situation is hopeless and the patient goes to make a miraculous recovery? Those there are a few occasions where people do for no known reason get better, mm. but that is to use the old quote that just doesn't make any sense anymore. The exception that proves the rule. Yeah. Okay. So you it's you don't hear about all the times when kids just they they got horribly hit and or hit by disease and they wasted away and they had to be taken off life support and yes they died because that's what happens. And oftentimes those miraculous recoveries. Um, are not first-person accounts. There right. tend to be third, the fourth, the fifth, and a lot gets embellished in the translation. Or, uh, or the kid really wasn't as sick as they thought in the first place. Right. Or, or, or in cases like the the recent case in in South America, where the kid was, you know, dead, sat up in the coffin, you know, and everybody was all of a sudden, oh my god, this kid is alive. The kid did die. Like, two days later. I mean, basically, it was an autonomic response of this sitting up, put him in the hospital. This still had no brain function. I mean, you can tell. They they have the tests. We are advanced. 
you know, yeah. if that test shows that your brain is is jello, such as like with Terry Shivo, right. prime example, fucking pull the plug. That's the humane thing to do. We do it with dogs. We do it with cats. We do it with horses. Yeah. yeah. A, a lot of the the problem with especially these cases is the where is the line between what is futile care and what is what is care that can actually do something? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be some potential for recovery? How close are we possibly even to a cure? So you've got people hearing sensational headlines and news about oh you know we're we're this close to a cure for. Um, HIV, or or we're, or we're about to cure b- broken backs or something, and thinking, well, this person has a broken neck and they're, they're they have no exposure to the outside world because they can't communicate or anything. They've got that much nerve damage. There's a quality of life thing, thing there to say, you know what? Let them let them go, and and that's really kind of the humanistic point of view of quality of life out, right. as opposed to quantity, which is really weird because. These people who are these the strongly religious, you would think, hey, let the kid go to heaven. Yeah. Unless the kid was a bastard and they don't think it's going to heaven. <laughs> yeah, but if, um, the, the whole quality of life. Now, what? And we're not saying just let them die. It, every situation is going to be unique uh, in kind of the same way. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it, there are a lot of decisions that have to be made. A lot of things to think about before this happens. So we're not saying pull the plug, you know. Just willy-nilly. Yeah. Uh, but it makes more sense for everybody in the cases where the, the person is non-responsive in, in the vegetable. Again, the Terry Schiavo case. Right. You know, there was a lot of wishful thinking going on in there. And the doctors certainly didn't thought it was a bad idea to keep her alive and you're yeah. if, when you when you're doing something like that you're basically destroying the person anyway and so the only thing that's keeping them alive the thing that's also killing them is keep, keeping them alive right because you're you're destroying parts of the body just to make them work and so it, but you know Terry Shiva didn't care cuz she didn't her, well, her brain she didn't wasn't have working half a brain yeah in, in those cases and the cases with these kids it's really that it's more for the parents it's and more the family parents, yeah to keep the kids around that much longer so they don't have to face the fact that they yeah. have passed. Yeah, it's it's a lot easier, I think, uh, unfortunately, when, when in cases, especially in accidents and stuff, where they die out, die out right. right. Right, yeah. As opposed to getting into that weird middling situation where you might be able to help them or, uh, I mean, if you can help them, obviously help them. But right. that that one point where you're, it's uncertain, right? That it's, uncertain area. It's like that famous morality question that psychologists will give, where you say if if you got a train going down the track towards five people, and you could flip a switch and it would switch tracks, but it would hit one person, right. would you do that? And most people say, yeah, I would take the one over the five. But if you change the the question slightly to say. Would you push a fat person in front of the train to save the five people? Right. A lot of people will say no, because in our brain, that's more active. Yes. That's right. more actively doing anything. So you have these parents saying, I am the one saying, take kid. the kid off right. of life right. support. And it's very psychologically hard for us to do that. Yes. I will tell you that signing that piece of paper, okay. I haven't signed it for a child. I have signed it. Yeah. That is the 
hardest decision to make. Mm. Yeah. That when they hand you the piece of paper that says, this is what we're going to do, and they walk you through it. Yeah. They say, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to turn this switch off. It's going to be about this long, blah, blah, blah. Okay. This is what but, we're expecting but the, to happen. The, 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 it's not... It's not because of that. It's because of the what's in your mind. Mm. Am I? Are you making the right decision? Yeah. That's the big one. Are you making the right decision? Uh, in a lot of cases, people who are not part of the process, you're going to have to deal with that, and they're going to second guess you. Other yeah. people chiming in saying, yeah. "Why did you take it?" Exactly. Off? Yeah. Defend defend yeah. your decisions. Like fuck you. Well, I was very <laughs> fortunate in that when I had to make that decision, there were clear cut lines yeah. in a living will that said. If this is met in this criteria and this criteria and like about seven different criteria, oh. and it literally said pull the plug. Oh. <laughs> a B C D E F G or pull it. And but it is still that that whole thing of when you sign that piece of paper, right? You feel responsible. Yeah, and it, right. and and some and sometimes it's good that the doctor can take some of that responsibility on themselves to say, this is the science. This is why. That I am telling you, this is what you should do. It re- can relieve some of that psychological mm-hmm. pressure, yeah. uh, you know, just l- because you don't have, un- un- with kids, you don't have a living wheel. You have essentially a, a parent who is <laughs> deeply traumatized by this event, and then all you have is the doctor who has to be the advocate for the child, and that's why some of this this article uh, brought up questions about Britain's legal system to make sure that doctors had enough power, but obviously not too much, to say this has gone too far. The parents aren't thinking rationally for all yeah. intents and purposes. So the the article that the authors wrote talked a lot about making sure that there is essentially a quick way to work this through the system so that the kid is not under undue suffering for too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it, it was—it's a fascinating read about how doctors have to balance the idea of taking care of the patient and trying to help people and save people's lives. But when they can't, how do they balance that? How do they work with the parents? And on the back and forth of this, on you know, how do you talk nicely to religious people while at the same time saying no, you're being selfish. Selfish, yeah. So that that's what it was it was a fascinating topic to me and hopefully to you too. Well, no, mostly hopefully I'd never have to make that kind of decision. Oh, cuz I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Even no. the people who are dealing with like Reverend Moon is sick now and Billy Graham was sick earlier this week and Yep, and that Cheerio, Cheerios guy. Yeah. Of course he didn't have to make a decision. He kind of unfortunately had a heart Just- attack keeled over yeah i i mean uh, we talked uh, quickly about that thing last week where it was part of the lightning round where he was protesting general, general mills, mills being for, pro-gay right yeah. the, the general mills has come out and said that they support marriage equality and so he decided to burn a box of cheerios and effigy basically yeah. on their front lawn and it kind of got a little bit out of control. And, and he lo- lit the lawn on fire. Yeah, the, yeah. The, cheer- the Cheerios appear to have caught fire and then fell out of the bowl, or he dropped them out of the bowl, bowl, and then they caught fire to the ground. Who, who knew well, they were that flammable? Well, he did. <laughs> he, he went on a radio interview, I guess, two days ago. Uh, or yesterday. No, no, it had to be a couple of days ago because he died. The, 
this died, weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, and if you gave an interview after he was dead, he would be a lot more famous. Yeah, that was a. So today, when the news came out, he that died he had, today. No, it was my understanding that he died over the weekend. Oh, I could. I I wouldn't know. I I just saw that you were in graduate school <laughs> yeah. land. Right. Well, you and I, I think we both read the same article about the same time. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't look at the date. Um, <laughs> that was posted through Ed Brayton on Free Thought Blogs about. Oh, look. He, this guy went on Fox News, and Fox News actually Fox, did a really great job Fox, of interviewing him. Fox Radio. Oh, sorry. It was Fox Radio. Let's make that clear. The, the, the interviewer was fantastic. He asked very good questions. Basically, uh, he made whatever his name is. Leisner. Defend Leisner. Defend his actions. Defend his ideas. Defend his religion. Oh, and wow. And def- defend his bigotry. You know, and Leisner was not good at that. Leisner obviously was not prepared. He was expecting an easier interview and just dug himself holes left and right. Right. Because and then, and then Trump, later he on, had a heart like attack. a couple, of, yeah. I, literally a couple hours later, um, news came up today um, on Joe My God, and that was the first place that I saw it and went and posted it on uh, for for us to look at. Was that Leisner had died, and I was right. like. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, and and being good skeptics, we weren't sure of that. First. Right, and like, I, I did put this. that out. I did put that. I was like, oh, I'm not sure of the validity of this yeah. because it was like, oh look, here's the interview, and then all of a sudden, he's yeah. dead. He and, he and had a happens. heart attack, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you know so, that it's going to be bright barded. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was under a lot of stress. Obviously, he's really upset about gay marriage, and then he was under investigation for setting the lawn on fire, <laughs> which he denies. Well, that's just a stupid <laughs> denial. Yeah, well, he said, I don't know, he was trying to say that he didn't set the lawn on fire, but he wasn't stomping it out. He was stomping out the Cheerios. It just happened to be on the lawn. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. It was. So uh, con- yeah. condolences to his, his family. To his family. But- because he does leave behind a wife and several children, yeah. you know. And you know what? This I'm sorry, but this still doesn't count as gay marriage destroying his marriage. No, and that was one Despite of the questions. Despite the fact that he died, that it wasn't gay marriage that caused his marriage to die. It was him not taking care of his heart yeah. and lighting Cheerios on fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speak about uh, extinction of species. Does that really count here? Well, it's, it's, not, it's a distinction of one guy, and yeah. it's, I mean, it's a horrible thing to say, but it's one less homophobe in the <laughs> True, in the kind, world. Of a, kind of Neanderthal in his yeah. thinking. Although, we can't we can't rightfully say what the Neanderthals thought about gay marriage, or whether they had marriage at all. But there's a chance that he had 1-4% to 4% of his DNA Neanderthalish. Okay, just, just stop. The both of you, just stop. Let me move into my topic, because you guys are trying to transition... And it's just not working. <laughs> How would you do it? I wouldn't transition. I'm just going to talk about it. <laughs> oh, sort of like a uh, a whip cut or yeah. A, okay. Yeah, jump cut. Jump cut. Here we go. Shoo. I'll, I'll put a, a sound effect. Thank you. Um, there's been some actually uh, really important paper that just came out um, recently. What was um, the what Nature, kind of paper was it? An academic paper. It was nice thick. No, o- I mean yeah, nice it was thick, thick oak tag. Okay. Twenty pound. Twenty pound. <laughs> um, we are so stupid. The the Leakey Foundation actually. Ooh, um, better put a thumb in it. Put a thumb. Oh, Gary, I'm sure. I'm let sure her they at never... least start before we get all silly. <laughs> it's fine. 
Um, I'll stop there. Leaky Foundation, obviously, been running by the Leaky family, Louis Leaky, Robert Leaky. Now, <laughs> Maeve Leaky just recently published a paper about two taxonomic finds in Kubifora, which is a central uh, northern Kenya area of Kubifora is the name of the the place that it's area. found. Okay. Yes, Kubifora. Um, now they're claiming and it's that nothing related to UB40. No, not related to UB40. They're not singing Red Red Wine. Although Lucy was named after Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds. And I think it's a QB4 uh, R. Except after C? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, have we gotten that all out of <laughs> No, but continue. <laughs> um, and what they're saying is is that these three fossil finds that they found, um, uh, six two that. 6,000, 6,003, and 60,000, they, they have a numbered designation as to where they, when they were found. And this was the thing that it was an a, a almost complete skull, a jaw, and something else? Right. It, mostly mandibular stuff. Uh, mostly jaw stuff. Um, as Sexy. For, well, you know, you got to be able to unhook that jaw sometimes. <laughs> Wow. Congratulations, Donna. <laughs> you you I got surprised us into silence. Got, got my awkward silence. I'm good. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking, when would you have to do that? <laughs> Don't answer that! <laughs> no, no, well, Gary. no, no, no. Continue on with this fascinating account of the Cubifora finds well, of mandibles. What has happened is is that years ago, back in the early 60s, there was a find um, 1470. So that gives you a clue as to how many finds, how many different fossil finds there have been. 60 was KNMER 1470. This We're now in the 62,000s. So a are, lot of are any of those transitional fossils? They're, They're all, all transitional <laughs> fossils. Don't ask her that. Don't piss her off. Um, oh, I better get off the podcast. And I'm sorry. We're, stop. Go ahead. So the thing about KNMER 1470 is that nobody could classify it. Some people were calling it... Jazz. Some were calling it fusion. Okay. Yeah. Some were saying that it was early Homo habilis. Some were saying possibly Homo erectus. Some were saying paranthropine. Let's They're, call be, the whole thing off. Yeah. Pretty much, they, they were like, well, it's got some of these traits, it's got some of these traits, some of these traits, but it never really fit. And then, so there was this, and then a couple of years ago, there was a push to say, it's a new species. All right, so... Homo so, rudolfensis. So they, they found these jaws, and these they were dated to about the same time as they, all of it. So it's not like they're sitting there and trying to fit it in between as a, right. as a like, what... Like a transitional thing. Right. They're saying, this is from this time period. We have these other things from this time period. Right. And, and they're similarly one thing is, matched. One right. thing is not like, well... The other one. One right. thing is not like the other in that you have... But it's kind of like the, the other. Homo sapien general line and these other homo species. Right. Maybe even two other homo species. Right. And so what they're saying now is, is that, A, they're unofficially... Because no one will officially confirm it, they're saying that there there is a separate species called Homo rudolfensis, because there is enough difference between Homo habilis, Paranthropus boisei, 
and Homo erectus to say, there's enough difference in these skulls. Now we have not just the one skull. We've got four different basic, four different individuals. To show that the first that one they found. Wasn't just a fluke. Wasn't sexual dimorphism. Wasn't a juvenile or a child or a, a, an adult. Didn't or, get plastic surgery. Exactly. <laughs> so that what they're saying is, because that was the original thought was, this guy was just an outlier. 1470 was an outlier. Namely also because it, when 1470 was first dated, it was dated at 3 million years, and then over the course of scientific study, they pushed that date back to the 1.9 million years. When Lewis Lakey first discovered it, he said, oh, it must be at least 3 million years old. It has been revised 1.9 million years. So these these finds are actually really, really important because they're saying, look, we've got Homo habilis, Homo erectus, real fences, and all kind of living in the same area at the same time. There is overlap. Basically also now saying the course of humanity wasn't this gradual little stepping stone like everybody assumes that it was, that it went from Australopithecus to Homo habilis to Homo erectus to Aragaster to Homo sapien. Right. That's always been this, you know, nice little line like you see on all the cartoons where, you know, you see the guy growing up and then sitting in front of the computer. The March of Progress picture. Right. No. There were lines that deviated off. There were lines that were dead ends. Now, the question is, is which lines, which line did human actually come from? Got no idea. <laughs> None whatsoever. But, but the, each fossil we find gives us a little bit better idea of what that bush of humanity looked like. Right. Unless it got a Brazilian. And then We're, we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. But it also shows, it's, it's one of those things where when you're talking to a creationist and they say, well, is it transitional or whatever? Well, the, the problem being that when you have all these species living in similar areas, maybe having a mountain between them. That's why they're separate. Right. Allopatric speciation is what that's called. Right. You've got, they're similar enough that it's it shows just how messy biology is and that it, there's no hard and fast line between species, which right. is what all the people, all the creationists who keep talking about, well, they're types. The types are different. Well, yes, when everything in between the two types have died off, yes. But you've got all this other crap in the middle that has died off, left of a few fossils. It's messy. Yeah, but I, I also don't understand why it, it's such a what's such a really big deal because, I mean, humans are one species, right? But if you go to other life forms, there's all other uh, extant species at the same time, right. right? There are a hell of a lot of different types of shrimp. Well, it t- yeah. or exactly this- beetles. The best exactly. description that I can so think to put about this those? is essentially it's Darwin's finches, only in Kubifora. You know, we are seeing several different types at the same time with very different adaptive skills. Okay. Some of them, like Paranthropy and Boise Eye, has, they were a much larger species. They were bigger than everybody else. They had, you could tell by their skulls, and their, their mandibles where they had the abilities to chew stuff up that Homo erectus and Homo habilis could not gain the nutritional value from it. It's kind of mm. like that article you posted a day or two ago about how 
the different Olympians have have slowly but surely as people have just tried to break record after break record we found the body types that are really good for different sports you had the the -hmm. swimmers who are very narrow they taper have long arms where bodybuilders it's good if they're shorter legged and shorter arms and more more bulky or whatever different centers of gravity for sprint runners versus marathon runners and all that you had these different human species homo species who developed specializations for their area. Yes, specifically for their area. The other great thing about this study is that it's not just the Leaky Foundation. The Leaky Foundation is the one that's pouring a lot of money into it. Oh, no. Are there leaks? Is WikiLeaks involved? No, but the Max Planck Institute out of Leipzig, National Geographic, and Rutgers are all participating in this. So, I mean, this is multicultural. In addition, we've got scientists from George Washington University... Um, the American American Museum of Natural History, all weighing it. This really has kind of united a bunch of people because everybody, for the longest time, trying to place KNMER 1470 was dependent on who you asked. You could ask somebody and he was like, oh, yeah, it's it's homo erectus. Oh, yeah, it's homo habilis. Oh, yeah, it's this, it's that. Now they're, they're officially, unofficially, officially saying There's- it is... Rudolphensis. They're really starting to talk about, okay, we have more species, more samples, we can start to narrow this down. Right. And and that's how science debate is supposed to work. In the beginning, you have all these various theories and ideas, uh, theories with a small t, about what something is. And, Hypotheses. Yeah, exactly. And you debate back and forth and show your evidence, and eventually when you get more samples, there can be a built consensus. And it sounds pretty awesome to right. hear more and more about our human family. In addition, the the teeth portion of this is, is very interesting because one of the um, hallmarks of human evolution is the reduction in teeth size. When you go back and you look at australopithecines and everything else, all, and uh, primates, all have much larger teeth. I mean, they're they're large teeth. Big old grills. Yeah, to to grind food and everything else. That has always been a question of why did our teeth reduction size? Why do we have reduction in teeth size? And isn't in, a lot of that about that we could cook our food and that's it made been it one of the one okay. of the one of the possibilities. But in this Rudolphensis, some of these what they're showing is that some of the molars are large, but the front of the dental arcade, the very front part. Um, the cutting teeth. They have an entire arcade in their face? Yes. <laughs> Do they have Pac-Man? <laughs> okay. On with Jeff. Uh, Thank we're you. good. Well, they, they had to. They had large jaws, right? Um, oh, with the dental arcade of Rudolphensis, <clears throat> you start to see the smaller teeth coming in. You still see some of the larger teeth, but you're still seeing the teeth getting smaller. Transition fossil. Exactly. Pretty much. Because it's always been, oh, look. These people have large ones. These ones have small ones. Why Why was this an adaptive right. trait? So it's kind of the tiktolic of human jaws. Yeah. Tick, 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 um, In addition, and I, I know that I've said this before, teeth are an amazing holder of nuclear DNA. This might possibly lead to mapping that particular genome. Two million years old, though? Would it last that long? I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, they're they're pulling DNA from other. I mean, they're pulling DNA from everything. The the advances in DNA are amazing at the rate that it's going. Well, I guess there is if a something is fully fossilized, 
then it's not a possibility. If it's still an actual bone, then it might work. But the thing about it is, is the tooth, when it's settled in the jaw, it's a sealed environment. There, I mean, it is a large, there's a good possibility that there could be nuclear DNA in there. And teeth aren't quite as porous as other bones are. Right. And that's one of the things that they were talking about on this, is that with those larger, larger teeth, the enamel and everything else is much thicker, possibly, you know. Especially if these other species were good about brushing their teeth. Yes. You know, like I said, it's, it's kind of revolutionizing it right now. There's a lot of talk about it. Um, I think that it's going to lead to a lot more talk about it. Um, and it also might change some possible thoughts because um, Ultavai Gorge, which is kind of the center of where a lot of the African finds are. So it's, it's a place in Africa where they right. found a bunch of fossils. Where they found a bunch of, of, of pre-human fossils. They have one that's called OH7, which stands for it's Ultavai. That's what they use when they say Homo habilis. This is what Homo habilis is. Now, this might change exactly what they think Homo habilis is and its placement in in the line of human history. So there's, you know, things are being kind of played around with. Um, And the great quote, and let me see if I can find this real quick, is that this might make human cladistics, the study of human, the human lineage, in a hundred years, people are going to look back and go, God, you guys were simpletons. This story <laughs> is so much bigger. Like Dr. McCoy in Star Trek Four, when he gives a pill to cure a woman's uh, kidney problems. Right. Um, but the big thing, like I said, is is that it, it really is laying that foundation of human Neanderthals did interact. Homo sapiens sapiens and, and Neanderthals, which for a long time was disputed. It was like, no, Neanderthals led to Homo sapiens. We have found that, no, they they were living, coexisting. coexisting in Europe at the time. Hmm. Plus, we, there's that article we talked about a couple weeks ago about this possible third mysterious species right. in Africa that, that were was in some of the Bushmen that could have coexisted. So it's this big globby mess of lots of different homos everywhere. Right. And so now that you're came sp- out not how I intended it. <laughs> so you just keep going. But like I said, it's it's painting a bigger picture because we've always said, you know, it went from Habilis to Erectus to Ergaster to Homo sapien and Erectus leading the way out of Africa. Now we're seeing that maybe, you know, it wasn't just Erectus that was leaving possibly or maybe there, because there was these Groups that are overlapping in their time frame. Say the joke. Go for it. I can see the look. Because anytime you say Homo erectus, you guys get that look. Oh, I said, well, that's just the erectus that's leaving. It's the erection as well. Erectus? <laughs> Damn near killed us. Okay. okay. But I think the big thing is going to be they're going to start to find possibly even more different species that were living there at the time. Um, in addition, I think that they're going to start kind of start to fill in that gap. There's this gap where Lucy is, basically 3.2, 3.4 million years, and then we get like one at 4 million and then into six. I think that's the gap that everybody's waiting to kind of... So we need like a three and a half million, three and three quarters. Well, yeah, because every more, transitional... More transitions. Right, yeah. Every transitional fossil, you need two more to, to explain it. Right. 
but like I said, it's really interesting. Um, we'll we'll post some of the uh, we've already posted the articles. So go and read it and find out where you came from. And dear listener, you do know that anytime Donna finds anything even remotely related to this anthropology type stuff, she's posting the hell out of it on our site. <laughs> Actually, and you're the one who I think you're the one who beat me on this one. Well, but, you were on vacation in Vegas, busy getting your roller coaster on. Okay, I'll give you that. I was getting my roller coaster on, but that was for work. Uh, in the air quotes. Awesome. Just because I enjoy my job. As you should. And something else we enjoy here at the Skeptic Wire? The lightning round! Yeah! 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 What is the lightning round? Well, we post a shit ton of articles to... Ten words or less, you're done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you didn't say that at the beginning? They're good. (laughs) You're a bastard, Gary. Yes, but we still love him anyways, despite that. Well, in a friendly way. Um... (laughs) Well, if you love him more than that, I don't want to know about it. No, I don't want to know about it either. It's okay. Yeah, didn't you know the exercise room is a little shrine? No, no! Just stop. So, we post a shit ton of articles to our Facebook page every week. Um, Mostly it's me, but everybody else posts as well. We also get some postings from listeners, and we always preach that. I I preach? I appreciate that. Yeah, we preach it, brother. Um, But we can't talk about them all on the show, including anything that the listeners might send us. So... I guess that's someone sending something to Gary because he's looking all embarrassed. But um, we can't talk about them all. But what we can do is a quick little fill in the blank quiz at the end of the podcast called the Lightning Round. Lightning Round. Lightning Round. Lightning round. Sorry, okay. damn. Um, so it's, you know Pavlov. Yes. Yes, we hear So when when how we do the Lightning Round? Lightning Round. Ah! <laughs> is each person has uh, ninety seconds to. Do, uh, complete however many fill-in-the-blank lightning round questions as they can, and then whoever asks, answers the most lightning round lightning questions round! gets to be called lightning round. Lightning round! <laughs> Why am I doing this to myself? Lightning round. Lightning round! Queen of the podcast. Oh. That lightning just doesn't work quite well, does it? No. Oh. So, so are you... <laughs> Why did I do that to myself? No, I think we broke him. No, uh, you, could, you could have avoided using the term. No, I'm all giggly and teary. <laughs> oh, this should make it. So we'll get through this about four a, questions. Yeah, each. this should be a fun lightning round. <laughs> Who's going first? Round. Lightning round. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, um, since Gary got no, Gary did. Gary went second last week because Allison went first. So Gary, yeah. you're going to go first. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going first. All right, so the Go first, then. timer will begin as soon as I finished your first question. Are yeah. you ready, Gary? Yeah. All right, uh, question number one. Yeah. From Lister, listener Richard Hannes, a Bedford, UK uh, Respect Party campaigner died in March. He stopped taking his heart medication and chose to use blank instead. I'm here, Bethy! That's correct. Uh, 48% of Texas schools were classified as failing to meet the federal standards based on what? Uh, 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 no child left behind. Correct. 
the National Group Blank launched two new billboards in Charlotte, North Carolina, targeting the religions of major presidential candidates. Uh, American Atheists or Atheists of America? <laughs> American Atheists. Um, a post on Salon.com by family physician Emily Gibson warns the dangers of excessive blank. Nose picking. Pubic hair removal. No, pubic hair removal. The CDC announced that uh, Gilead Science's daily pill, Truveda, safely and effectively re- reduces the risk of getting infected with blank. Nose pickers. HIV. 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 Uh, one of Greg's <laughs> favorites from this year's TAM, uh, psychologist Blank, uh, had a video released of her talk at TAM this week. Uh, I'm no good with names. Uh, it's, uh, it was a female. Yes. <laughs> Carol Tavris. Thank you. Uh, a poll released by the WIN Gallup International uh, compared 2005 numbers to 2012 numbers and found a consistent decline in worldwide blank. Ability to pronounce manamana manamana tetral Religiosity. Oh. Uh, Brigadier General Tammy S. Smith was promoted this week as as the first LGBT. Okay. By gay, uh, lesbian, uh, commander person. Of flag rank, she was promoted to general. Yes. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Okay. Yay! So you got four right, but you also got four <laughs> wrong. Do I get counts for the two that I got right? No! If there's a tie, maybe. <clears throat> what? No! Okay, fine. Is that how we're going to do it? <laughs> if she can't answer it. You got to be fair about this, Gary. Be good. Right. Oh, I'll be fair. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Donna, are you ready for I'm your ready light- as I will ever be? Are you ready for your lightning round? Yes. Okay. Strike now. Go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to cheat, aren't you, you bastard? No. All right. Yes. So the timer will begin as soon as I finish the question. Finish. Ooh, I didn't point no, for that. No. No. <laughs> Shut up, Gary. This is this one is from listener James Stringer. Sight uh, man. Citing historical details that were not adequately supported, publisher Thomas Nelson has ceased publication and distribution of Blank's new book, The Jefferson Lies. David Barton. The Richard Dawkins Foundation and JREF released a TAM 2012 talk by friend of the show and great karaoke Blank. Sean Faircloth. Oh, boy, giveaway. Uh, I almost didn't have it, though. <laughs> a test this week of NASA's lander system blank ended with it crashing during a free flight test at the Kennedy Space Center. Oh, 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 I can't remember. Morpheus! <laughs> Gary got it right. Um, uh, researchers at the Scripps Institute of Oceanography in La Jolla, California... Have found La Jolla! La Jolla have found a huge increase in... <laughs> California, you I'm from New Jersey. A <laughs> uh, huge increase in water strider there? eggs in their samples, which associate with a large increase in blank in the oceans. Plastic. Pennsylvania State University biologist Andrew Reed found that when he injected mice with a component of several promising malaria vaccines, they blank. They died. I don't know. Turn into Superman. Became the Hulk. No, I'm actually going to give you that one. They got even sicker. What? Is, that's not dying. They got even sicker and died. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no. okay. Sean Winterton, um, a senior entomologist at the California Department of Food and Agriculture, identified a new insect species while blank. Uh, while looking through Flickr. 
A team led by researchers at the Boston Children's Hospital have designed microparticles, which can be injected directly into the bloodstream in order to blank. Fight disease. Ooh. Uh, oxygen. Oxygen the blood. Yep. Gary got that right. So, <laughs> under protest from Gary, Donna got five correct. <laughs> and Donna is this weens... W- the weens? Weens queek of the podcast. <laughs> That yes, sounds You'd bad. think I'd be able to talk better once we turn the air conditioning back on. You'd think so. <laughs> One would think, but... But, that, so, you know, you had a week off in Vegas, you relaxed, and you came back, and now you are queen of the podcast. <laughs> Congratulations, Donna. Thank you. Congratulations, Donna. So... It was a hotly contested event. And <laughs> I had a strong opponent. <laughs> so we might have some time to go through questioning me if you guys want to. Sure. All right. Why not? House Bill 5711 that ups the insurance doctors must carry if they perform reproductive services and forces women to obtain a death certificate and to pay for burial of any aborted fees passed in the state of... Michigan. Wow. Where they had the don't say vagina problem. Dr. Ran Burkai of Tel Aviv University has published a paper associating the transition from agriculture in Neolithic peri- period to with developments of... Axes, cutting tools, woodworking tools. I didn't even understand the question. The Reverend Blank was treated in an Asheville, North Carolina hospital for a bronchitis infection. The Reverend Billy Graham. In Grand Rapids, Michigan, several gay protesters, black Hebrew Israelites, threatened gay day celebrants with... Rape. Wow. Yeah. A San Antonio charter school superintendent was recently found to have used $1.4 million to buy a former church only to blank. Turn around and use it for the church she volunteered at. She was a pastor at. And a study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy Point. of Sciences, Sergey Gavrilitz, <laughs> used mathematic models to show that blank is a product of our social evolution. Uh, standing up to bullies. Ultra-Orthodox Jewish men are turning to blank in order to avoid interactions with the opposite sex. Eyeglasses that blur their vision. <laughs> Originally thought brought to Puerto Rico for science experiments, invasive populations of plank have been starting to spread from rural to urban areas. Monkeys! Monkeys! Our our demon overlords are taking over, that's all I have to say. An article published in the Evolution in Human Behavior shows how human celebratory gestures have their roots in... Other non-human primate species. And he got as many as you and I got right put together. It, well, no, he missed one. He got the volunteer that, but she was the pastor, so therefore he doesn't get that one. <laughs> That's fine. Donna's queen of the podcast. I have no problem with that. Well, you, no, you still kind of beat us. Did, did it say volunteer it or did it say it was pastor? Hold on. We need no. to get that one right. Because if he didn't get the full answer... <laughs> I don't know how much detail I put on the little slips of paper. I gotta figure out like a. A San Antonio charter school superintendent was recently found to have used one point four million dollars to buy a former church only to blank. Right. What's the blank? Use it as a building for her church. For her church. The article said something Uh, about. Ah, so so you just tried to fill in details and failed. (laughs) Well, she is a, a school superintendent. That is her day job. Right. So, being a pastor at a church is not her main day job, so I would consider that volunteering. She probably isn't 
paid. Doesn't matter. No, she probably is paid in addition to. If she, she's the pastor of the church. She's not. Well, I don't know if she's the pastor though. Yes, pastor. but she's still also getting like shit tons of shit tons of other government assistance just because she's a article. fucking pastor. Yeah. I mean, come on, she's getting a tax break. She's getting ten thousand other things. It's just. A recent audit by the TEA, Texas Education Association, I assume, did not find any wrongdoing related to those kinds of funds, but did question why Washington spent $1.4 million to buy a former church in Universal City for a campus. Then the next day, an agreement to also use it for her church, where she volunteers as the pastor. Hmm. So we were both right. Hmm. Okay. But volunteering was correct. Okay. I did not say that you were wrong. I said that I was I was right, right and that she volunteered. Yep. So suck it, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I said you were wrong. <laughs> and no, I will not suck it. Yeah, because that's just going to be a little weird. Yeah. Um, but I guess before we go, um, last week we talked about the she- the Sikh shooting Listen up in to Wisconsin. You. It sounded like you're all getting serious. I guess you're getting serious now. A little bit. Oh. Um, we talked about the Sikh shooting up in Wisconsin and how our basic advice was don't shoot people. Yeah. Well, today at the f- uh, Washington, D.C. office of the Family Research Council, somebody came in with a gun and was a- oh. apparently attending to go shoot somebody and had a confrontation with the guard in front. Who was shot? Who? Who? Yeah. So there was a scuffle, and uh, where the guy pulled out his gun, and the guard got shot, and the guard and several other people wrestled the guy to the ground, and stopped. You got to give that guard guard yeah. something. I mean, he gets shot and still wrestles him to the ground. You got to give the guard yeah plenty so he's, of, of kudos. He's for, he's gone to the hospital. He's not dead. I'm actually in stable condition. Yeah. But as much as we disagree with the Family Research Council as being a bunch of bigoted assholes who. <laughs> More than just their anti-gay marriage, they're anti-gay, and they're just have a horrible well, agenda. They're, but they're anti-other. They're yeah. In, yeah, they're anti a lot of things. Yeah. The important thing is, as much as we disagree with them, the Don't same shoot ad- people. Yeah, the same <sighs> advice holds from the Skeptic Wire that we will tell you week after week. Maybe we should just close the podcast this way every week. Don't shoot people. Remember, kids, don't shoot, shoot people. people. <laughs> That's good advice. If you walk away from one thing out of our podcast, don't shoot somebody. Pretty and much. if you walk away with two things, it's don't shoot buddy anybody and adamandeve.com. Right. Yeah, don't oh. shoot buddy unless buddy's about to shoot you. I was hoping you were going to go past that and just ignore the fact that I couldn't speak good. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? Because <laughs> you love me, Gary. No, we don't. I don't love you. I hate you. I hate you both sometimes. You know that? Yeah. Well, I yeah, I hate you both when I'm editing. Well, <clears throat> now now I'm just sad. <laughs> don't be sad. <laughs> My podcasters hate me. Yeah. Once in a while. But you hate us <laughs> once in a while. Only in small doses. <laughs> when we're taken in small doses or just the, the hate comes in small doses? Fifth. I plead the fifth. (laughs) On the advice of my attorney, I refuse to answer that question. Ah. So. And we have no more questions and nothing else on the agenda. We had some primate sexy time stuff we could have talked about, but we've run out of time. Well, um, uh, African afarenses or uh, whoever. 
Yeah, you had a whole bunch of and homo erectile dysfunction. I mean, yeah, those guys are effectively our ancestors getting it on. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like kind of have a little bit of, of primate sexy time. Okay, yeah. good. But you know, they didn't go to adamandeve.com because they didn't really have adamandeve.com. They just had to get their sexy on by themselves. Yeah, yeah. They had ooga and booga dot com. With that, dot com. Dot dot rock. Dot log. Why is that so funny to me? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, thank, thank you, Greg, once again for hosting. No problem. Yeah. Thanks for joining me, folks. Ah, and we will talk with you next. Well, not with. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll talk with you. Well, I do this every week. Yes. Talk to you next week. Maybe Bye. We should start Bye. writing this stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think we is done. Yes. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Okay, hold on, hold on. Dog crotch. Dog nose in my crotch. Get away. Okay. Keep going. Just practicing the Reiki. (laughs) Uh, Oh, you know what? Uh, Her about doesn't have anything about osteopathy. Shit. Well, that's just pathetic. Shit. Uh, Osteopathetic. Okay. We'll just go with the... Oh, no, wait, better, better idea, better, better idea, better start. idea. We'll go with the American Osteopathic Association. Medical News, Medical News Today. There we go. What is osteopathy? It says, and then doesn't have anything underneath it because the internet is slow. Does anybody else have problems? Yeah, no. my Wi-Fi is down. Uh-oh. No. Oh no! How are we gonna do it? Oh, we can't possibly record anymore. We're gonna die. <laughs> it's hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the incongruity. Want to go that extra mile, almost to the harm? Well, actually, to the harm of the people they're trying to save. Yeah. Especially if it's not themselves. Especially if it's a child. Yes. Exactly. So. Um, so well, why don't we talk about that study? Yeah, the, the study that I found and I posted a day or so ago to our Facebook page was about a uh, journal that's going to be uh, a journal entry that's going to be in the Journal of Medicine. <laughs> You're breathing into the microphone. Sorry. So all I'm hearing is... All I'm hearing is... <laughs> yeah. Before you were sitting back, and now okay. you're, you were sitting forward. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> I'm, I was trying to do it while still I, talking. I know, I'm, I know. I'm, I wasn't trying to be a total ass. I'm just I know. a it, partial asshole. Okay. All right. Um, where were we? <laughs> start I want to start.